The Savannah Music Festival is four plus months away, but the lineup is out and it's as star-studded as ever. The festival's Gene Dobbs Bradford and Ryan McMakin pull back the veil on the 2023 event on this edition of the Commute Podcast. Hello, Savannah, from all of us here at savannahnow.com. This is the Commute Podcast presented by National Office Systems. I'm your host, Adam Van Bremer, opinion columnist and a deputy editor at the Savannah Morning News. Today is Thursday, November the 17th, which is a little bit like Christmas for fans of the Savannah Music Festival. Earlier today, the 2023 festival lineup was announced, and Do Savannah editor Zach Dennis was there with the festival's leaders, Gene Bradford and Ryan McMakin, to get the insider insights. They joined Zach for today's podcast. Also, we will feature an audio story by Savannah Morning News journalist Nancy Guan focused on Diwali, a Hindu celebration marked recently by Savannah area practitioners of that faith. All that content is coming right up after a word about our favorite office design firm, National Office Systems. National Office Systems is the commute's presenting sponsor, and as I've been telling you for a while now, we here at the Savannah Morning News are planning an office move. We only not only started looking at listings, we're looking at properties now, so it's becoming more and more real. Once we settle on the address, our next call is to Scott Center and his team at National Office Systems. They've been helping Savannah businesses with their office needs since the 1980s. National Office Systems offers more than 200 product lines, including a new collaboration from two of the office furniture industry's leaders, Herman Miller and Noel, also known as Miller Noel. If your office space needs a refresh, National Office Systems can help. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's natoffsys.com. Now here's Zach Dennis with the Savannah Music Festival's Gene Bradford and Ryan McMakin. I am joined on the Thursday episode of the Commute Podcast with the two uh, two figureheads here at the Savannah Music Festival, Gene Dobbs Bradford and Ryan McMakin. Brian, Gene, thank you so much for uh, for joining me. Oh, well, thank you so much yeah, for having us on the show. So we're a couple minutes away. You're going to announce the lineup to the media, um, but you've already announced the lineup. Uh, you know, I, I feel like it's one of those you start working on it, you know, years in advance, yeah. especially like a year in advance. What's it like now that you have the phys- we have the physical program right here? What's that? Just the the general feeling of that kind of that elation feeling like? Oh man, uh, I'll tell you what, this uh, the lineup was fantastic. Uh, my hats off to uh, to Ryan for for putting it together. He makes it a very collaborative process, but in the end of the day, he's the one that really has the knowledge and the uh, and uh, and the excellent taste, you know, to put this together. And what we have, I think, is something that builds on what we've done before, uh, but really uh, opens up some new avenues for some new audiences to come into the uh, Savannah Music Festival, mostly with our outdoor shows that we're having at Trustees Garden. Mm-hmm. And that's something I know the, uh, at Trustees Guardian, one of the big ones is this Buddy Guy, the, the Damn Right Farewell mm-hmm. um, concert. I mean, yes. what, what's the, that, that seems to be, I was telling Ryan when we talked uh, earlier this week, that that's kind of the, if you get a cover for the program, that's kind of the cover <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the kind of the feeling there um, when you're looking at that show and what that could provide to audiences? Oh, man, the Buddy Guy is the king of the blues, right? Mm-hmm. He's like the one of the last of the... Of the great blues man, the folks that go, you know, connect us all the way to Muddy Waters and 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 Willie Dixon and everybody and all the other uh, blues musicians that have come before, and um, and he is. Yeah, you know, I used to think that I used to think that uh, that Buddy Guy was influenced by Jimi Hendrix because sometimes <laughs> I felt like he was channeling 
uh, Jimi Hendrix, but no, no, it was quite the opposite. Jimi Hendrix was influenced by Buddy Guy. Mm-hmm. And to have somebody who's so influential uh, on his final tour, this you know, really one of the grand men of, of the blues, um, for two nights was something we couldn't pass up. I remember when Ryan yeah. told me about that. It was early, in, because Gene, you started February yeah. this this year, and, and I think it was before the festival even started. Right. Right? Yeah. I said, I think we can get this Buddy Guy tour, and it was just an automatic yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but if we were able to, to change it up a little bit, too, and, and have a different um, different support artist on Saturday to Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, people who he's influenced, like Eric Gales, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely Kingfish Ingram has played with Buddy a ton so we're hoping to also have some some special guesting on stage those days but just the entire environment we're going to have a family zone up on the the hill we're mm-hmm. you know obviously food and beverage throughout we're yep. just hoping people will come out for the full day and, yeah and have a good time I mean, you know that's the thing is you, you know that you'll be able to hear some great music you're yeah. going to have the food trucks out there so that people have a wonderful selection of things to choose from there'll be plenty of uh, uh, beverages for sale Kids can have fun. They'll be dancing. You know, we're going to put the little. We have in the in the program. We have the dancing icon, so people know because you know this is a show that people want to get up and move and groove to. I mean, mm-hmm. this is and and it's and celebrate music and and be together. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And all the shows. I mean, all the shows that we have. Um, even even the ones that we have that are going to be uh, the non dancing shows are going to be a lot of fun. These are great artists. And, uh, and they really connect with audiences. Yeah, I feel like with that show at the at the garden, the trustees' garden, that that venue allows you to be, you know, do a little bit more. It's not if you want to sit there and just listen to the music, you can do that. If you want to get up and dance, you can do that. If you want to move around, you, yeah. And I kind, you know, that that hybrid format allows for everybody can kind of yeah. have their own experience. And that's the thing. I think some people, some people, when they think of a festival. They think about you know being outside with their with their with their lawn chair and you know having a beer and listening to music and and as you say getting up and walking down to the front to dance in front of the stage or whatever and for some people that's what it is and you know it's something that uh, we didn't really have in the fest we didn't have that component mm-hmm. um, but in 2018 they they ran an experiment with some shows at Trustees Garden that were very successful so we say well you know let's 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 uh, build on that strength. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we got and with these four nights here. I think they're four distinct evenings too, because we have Buddy Guy, but then we also have Tedeschi, Tedeschi Trucks with mm-hmm. with uh, Eddie Ninevolt. And then the last night is the the last night we're going to have there is sort of a funk, sort of a jam, you know, mm-hmm. evening with Galactic and Corey Wong and Nate Smith and Ken folks. So mm-hmm. uh, so it's really sort of. Three different outdoor festivals, if you will. One's more blues centered. One's a little bit more mm-hmm. on the rock and roll side, and the last one's more of a more of a, a funk jam. Mm-hmm. So, and all three, I think, pretty family friendly. So it's kind of like bring the family out there. We'll have a good time. That's yes. right. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely makes for a great day. And nothing brings people together more than music. Yeah, and there, you know, with the music festival, there's always just such a wide variety. I know Philip Duke's coming back. He has his classical uh, his classical program. You have uh, the world music. I mean, um, looking at this lineup, what what's kind of standing out to you that is kind of this is an experience that you're only getting here in Savannah? Yeah, I think being able to go from from show to show, you know, start the evening with the string quartet, and then you can go see you know Japanese taiko drumming group uh, Kodo, mm-hmm. and then and after that some bluegrass, or actually that particular night um, is Buddy Guy, but. You know the variety of, of, of is, is part of this festival, and the idea that there are so many things to experience with live music and so many different uh, types of experiences. I guess 
Um, the, the, I wanted to go back to Trustee's Garden just to say for years we've been producing shows at Morris Center. We've always talked about since the metal building opened, wouldn't it be great to use this entire campus? Mm -hmm. So this is the first year we're able you know, to do outdoor shows. Metal building will have Morris Center concerts at the end mm -hmm. too. But it's such a cool place for for uh, for this type of event being right in the historic district here. Mm -hmm. um, but in, in offering really intimate spaces, but also that, that festival environment too. Yeah, and I think that probably gives you a little bit more exposure because it's yeah. not in a venue; it's it's out there. People yeah. are going, well, yeah. "What's going on over there?" That kind of stuff. I think exactly. that kind of helps with uh, visibility. Mm -hmm. Definitely does. But yeah, in, t in terms of the international music or you know the global roots music, we've we've uh, it, last year was tough getting mm -hmm. some of the artists from overseas, on, mm -hmm. you know, because we we're kind of on the tail end of the height of the pandemic and everything else. So uh, this year we've got performers, three different African performers. We have uh, Japanese, as I mentioned, uh, great Irish co-bill that, that, mm -hmm. that we're bringing, um, a, f a wonderful French band called uh, San Salvador that's mm -hmm. coming in. So uh, it's kind of the return of that of that vein of programming for us. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, of course, I'm very excited about the uh, the jazz programming that we've had here. It's yeah. always been strong, but I feel like this year it's more well-rounded than it's ever been. We've got some um, uh, elements of, of fusion, being, you know, coming in uh, with um, with uh, uh, but but that and more traditional uh, music. We have we have several uh, NEA jazz masters who mm -hmm. are going to be performing this year. Mm -hmm. uh, we have some uh, with Terrence Blanchard will be coming in, um, and he and I would work together. I would co-commission two of the operas that he has done that it, it, are actually being performed at the Met. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, his film score, apparently he. Um, he got a, a, a Grammy nomination just recently for for some of his film work. So mm -hmm. he's just an incredible artist, and I think he's one of those artists that's filling the role. It's, it's interesting to see the generations because we have these twenty year olds like uh, Christian Sands and Alexa mm -hmm. Tarantino, but then we also have these octogenarians like like Houston Person and, mm -hmm. and Kenny Barron and Charles, uh, Charles McPherson. Mm -hmm. And in uh, right there in the middle, you have somebody like Terrence Blanchard who's really starting to fill the role that people like. Um, uh, uh, Art Blakey filled in that they bring up the young musicians, yeah. you know, and sort of, and, and and sort of have a almost like a finishing school for yeah. the young cats, you know. Well, and the way that you all um, kind of pair those on the schedule also kind of allows for that because I know we were talking on Tuesday that you're you're kind of going well they're doing this and she's doing this like why don't we just kind of put these two together and see what happens well, yeah, yeah and it kind of adds something different the san salvador with uh cecile with cecile. Was, mm -hmm. yeah that's that's, yeah. that's a great example and and you know we never know what's going to happen i mean we're not making any promises but but it's but it's interesting well why don't you tell what uh, when because when you approached cecile about the double bill yeah yeah it was all based on the language that they sing in which is occitan which is a uh, ancient dialect from south of France and, and northern Spain and, and um, she mentioned at the last time I saw her that she was studying this language because it was one of her three heritage languages mm -hmm. anyway we brought it up as, as a concept because she's often paired with other jazz artists mm -hmm. but her musical palette in general and just artistic is completely wide open mm -hmm. um, and like she's I think she's now looking at doing an Americana album uh, but, you know, she is also a three-time jazz vocal mm -hmm. Grammy Award winner, you know, all this kind of stuff at a very young age. Mm -hmm. uh, but she, she's just one of those artists who's very open to, to trying things out, and I think they responded really enthusiastically to this co-bill and just said, absolutely, we're there. No, you know. yeah. So we'll see what happens. And I'm hoping to get San Salvador to show up at the Zydeco dance party, too. So Very cool. <laughs> <laughs>
because it's a, it's, a, it's it's a band that will blow everybody's minds. I think, and you know, uh, it just as a surprise. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know y'all have the the lineup on SavannahMusicFestival.org, all that kind of stuff, tickets, all that yeah, stuff kind of coming yeah. out there. Yep. Um, but before that, you still got a little bit of work between now and uh, a little bit, a little bit of work between now and the festival. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of that is the you got the educational outreach programs oh, man, and things yeah. like that. Yes, um, absolutely. I, the one thing that from talking with y'all, uh, the Explorer Pass is really interesting. This is something that I think will get parents who maybe are unfamiliar with the festival in the door just through the school system. Oh yeah, system. absolutely. So the Explorer Pass is something we're launching this year and it's going to allow any student in the Savannah Chatham County Public School System to come to any one of our general admission shows for free. And they and we're also going to provide a free ticket for the chaperone that would, you know, come along with them. And you won't be able to get these tickets in advance. It's going to be uh, you know, day of at the venue. But Having said that, this is going to give an opportunity if, if, if the issue has been the cost of the ticket, mm-hmm. um, this is going to provide a way for, uh, for, for students and people in our community to enjoy the Savannah Music Festival. The other thing that I think is really neat about it is that it's sort of a natural progression of our Musical Explorers program mm-hmm. where we uh, bring uh, K-2 through students uh, here and we, we teach them about each semester, teach them about three different styles of music. Now they can experience the world of music right here, uh, you know, at, for themselves. Not just uh, not just at our concert, but they can get out with their parent or and, and enjoy. So. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Gene Ryan, thank you so much, and uh, until you know, I'm sure we'll we'll reconvene before the festival. I hope March. so. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> and maybe afterwards too, to tell you how it went. Yeah, we'll do a nice that. We'll, we'll we'll deep dive into it after too. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> Take care. Thank you to Zach and to the Savannah Music Festival's Gene Bradford and Ryan McMakin. Before we go ahead and share the Diwali celebration story, I wanted to take a moment to encourage you to sign up for the Savannah Town Square Opinion Newsletter. It publishes every Tuesday and features everything you need to know to dominate the water cooler conversation at work. And you don't have to subscribe to the Savannah Morning News or savannahnow.com to get the newsletter, so there's no excuses. The newsletter is free. Visit savannahnow.com newsletters to sign up. Now, here's Nancy Guan on Diwali. On the morning of October 26, hundreds gather in the Hindu temple, also known as BAPS Sri Swaminarayan Mandir, located in Savannah. They're celebrating Diwali, the biggest festival within Hindu and Indian culture. Diwali, also known as the Festival of Lights, marks the start of the new year. Friends and family gather to eat good food, listen to music, and pay their respects to Hindu gods. Sounds of drums fill the massive hall of the temple, or mandir. People walk up to the altar, which is by far the centerpiece of the room. Over 200 homemade vegetarian dishes sit aloft a set of stairs that ascend towards statues of Hindu deities. Members of the Swaminarayan Hindu sect clap and sing along to traditional songs called Thal, the melodies of Thal coax the gods to accept the devotees' food offerings. What we're doing basically right now is offering um, lots of sweet and savory items. So um, by singing, we're basically convincing God to come and like, you know, consume the items that we have prepared with love. That's Drashti Sharma, one of the devotees of the temple. Drashti describes how the dishes at the bottom of the altar are savory, and as you go up towards the gods, the foods become sweeter. The idea there is to make life sweeter, she says. 
Per tradition, the temple's caretaker is supposed to light five candles and wave them in front of the deities. The ritual is called the Ceremony of Light, or Arti. The triumph of good over evil is the main theme of Diwali. The origins differ from region to region in India, but for many, the celebration is a homecoming of the Hindu god Rama after he defeats the evil god Ravana. Once the cotton wicks are lit during RT, smoke mingles with the spices in the air. People continue to sing tall as the spirit of the gods consume all the sweet, savory, and spicy dishes laid out for them. At the end of the ritual, the food is sanctified, and now the devotees can dig in. For Drashti, she can't wait to take a bite of her favorite pastry, the gulab jamun. It's basically like, you know, deep-fried donuts. Uh, um, once you fry them, you dip them in sugary water syrup, and then you just gulp it down. <laughs> Delicious food is one of the many highlights of Diwali. During the five days, people pray for economic prosperity, academic success, and an auspicious new year for their families. They dress in their finest traditional clothing and decorate their homes with colorful art called rangoli. For Drashti and her husband Neil, they most look forward to coming together with people they love and care about. Friends, families, they go to one another's houses, they offer sweets to one another, uh, gifts to one another. So it's very uh, a joyous festival. Neil, a Chicago native, moved to Savannah 20 years ago. In Georgia, most of the Hindu community, which comprises more than 40,000 people, is concentrated in metro Atlanta. Around Savannah, Neil estimates that there's about 700 to 800 Hindu households living in the area. Since 2004, the Swaminarayan Temple has served as a central gathering place here. It brings together the devotees on a weekly assembly on Sundays, Sunday evenings. For more than two decades now, more than 350 members of the Hindu sect regularly attend the services and events here. In a world where so many things are vying for your attention, Neil says it's like a North Star. It's easy to lose culture. Um, you know, we are in a melting pot of a country. Drashti says those celebrations and weekly gatherings gives her child a taste of what her life was like in India before she immigrated. The way you celebrate it in different countries away from India uh, obviously makes a huge difference. So that's like part of my life that I kind of felt that that was missing. The values, the culture that you were, you as parents were brought up into, um, we kind of want to pass it on to our children and, uh, you know, make them understand what the actual Hinduism is. Diwali celebrations are just one example of how they pass Hindu traditions down. Just like those celebrating in India and in Hindu communities around the world, fireworks are set off to mark the new year. For the Savannah Morning News, this is Nancy Guan. That's all for this edition of the Commute Podcast. Thanks one last time to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. Before I sign off, remember that we publish new Commute episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Whatever your interests, you will find interviews of interest in our archives. Search The Commute with that Savannah opinion on your favorite podcast app. The Commute returns next Tuesday, two days before Thanksgiving. We'll look forward to talking to you then. (laughs) 